Jason, mother is talking to you. Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. It's got a death curse! Starring Dave from the Sexy Armpit. Ted! Hey, Ted, where the hell's Parks from? And Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Holy You're with your baby in your park alone on a summer night. You're deep in love, but you're deeper in the woods. You think you're doing all right. Did you hear that voice? Did you see that face? Or was it just a dream? This can't be real, that only happens, How's it going? Why do you sound like you're talking with like a two by four staple to your mouth? <laughs> I thought we were gonna do the show with Jason masks on tonight. Oh, we were. Are you fucking crazy? That was a joke. No, I, we agreed. We even agreed before the show. Did you chicken out? When I send you a message and it just says "Yeah, okay" in all lowercase with no punctuation, that's sarcasm. What a dick. <laughs> Well, th- there goes this cool gimmick. Yeah, we, uh, and also about- you like you totally gave away what we're talking about tonight. At the same time, I was also revolutionizing podcasting. Yeah, I think wearing hard hockey masks throughout your show—that's something that's <laughs> gotta catch on soon. <laughs> so yeah, I did give it away. Today's show is all about Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> yep. From soup to nuts. From soup to nuts. I'm surprised it's taken us so long to really just give. Give our boy Jason his own show. You know, you're right about that, Matt, because this is one of our favorite movie franchises, not even just horror franchises. All, like, overall, we worship these films. Yeah, I think for me, it probably goes Star Wars Friday the 13th. And I'm not joking. Like, it probably is my second all-time favorite movie franchise of any sort. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good, and there's so much to talk about. There's a lot of films. Well, except, like, Gremlins and... <laughs> And, uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters yeah. and um, what else is there? Rambo, Teenage maybe Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I mean, it's in the top twenty. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah. So what we want to do tonight is share some of our Friday Thirteenth memories and observations, mm. partly for the fellow diehards, but also a few for people who maybe never got into these movies and need somebody to tell them why they should watch them. The chances of one of the listeners like not being familiar with any of these movies, it's really low because chances are you've lived through at least a few of these movies. Yeah. You've been a lot, you know, because we missed, I would say, what, one or two in the movies? I missed pretty much all of them in the movies. But Well, I mean, but we were we existed on Earth when. Right. When and that, the- that's what I was going to say is that you didn't actually have to be into Friday the 13th to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. It was such a phenomenon. Everybody knew and everybody loved Jason. Yeah, Jason was an icon. I mean, he was around before Freddy Krueger, so there you go. Not before Michael Myers, though. That's correct. Maybe we should have done the show about him. 
So what I'm gonna do <laughs> So what I'm gonna do is maybe that'll come at some point. I'm gonna flip my Jason mask, okay? Yeah. So heads heads is the front and tails is the back of the mask. Okay. okay. So whoever picks the mask side goes Yeah, so I'm gonna tell you to call it in the air. I'm, and what okay, happens gonna... if I call it right? You call it right, you get your choice. To okay, okay. Either go first or not go first. All right, let's do it. So I'm gonna tell you when I flip it and when it's in the air. Okay. okay? All right. Flipping it now. Um, the side that has the face, the heads, I guess. <laughs> no, it's tails. Oh. All right. So that means you have to go first. Well, I wanted to go first anyway. Here is something about Friday the 13th. Number one. The term deranged sociopath <laughs> gets thrown around a lot by the media, but... It really applies to my next guest. Please welcome Jason. So in July of 1989, Jason Voorhees was a guest on the Arsidio Hall show. No, he was not. Oh, you don't, Will don't you play stop? coy. You know full well that Jason was on Arsidio. One of the most memorable guests. Oh, definitely. I mean, aside from like Macho King, an Ultimate Warrior, an Ultimate Warrior, yeah. and uh, Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Jason was the best interview ever on Arsenio. He was very verbose. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, like you know, I say that Jason was on Arsenio, and the listeners who haven't seen this probably are picturing just a little cameo or something. But well, this... maybe we should even pull it back even more because. If people don't know who Arsenio is, he used to host a late night talk show. <laughs> oh, I don't want to live in a world where even one person doesn't know who Arsenio Hall is. <laughs> well, it's the he, truth because you know real. people out there like he's practically who's the, Arsenio he's still, Hall? And even now in 2017, he's practically the biggest star in the world. Oh yeah, I no sir, I loved Arsenio back then. It was it's still to this day is the only late night talk show that I was ever actually into in any way. Really? Yeah, I'm not, I hate fucking late night talk shows. I can't stand them. They make me feel agita and anxiety. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah, but getting back to the point, you would imagine that this would just be like a quick bit. Like he'd just kind of run into his thing and go out. No, it was a full five minute fucking full blown interview. It really was. It was yeah. full, like the introduction and everything. Yeah, Arsenio uh, announces him. Jason comes out to his own music. He sits on the couch and everything. I know. And he had like an axe with him. Yeah, and this <laughs> is like total screen act. I don't know if it was Kane Hodder. It might have been. But it was definitely like the costume. Yeah, I think it was Kane Hodder because I was about to say like, you know, Kane Hodder probably tells people that he he felt he did like a masterful performance on the show. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, God, it's so good. It's really so good. So you have Arsenio sitting there, like, trying not to laugh and failing. And he's asking Jason, like, 30 fucking questions. And he just says nothing in response to every single one of them for five minutes straight. Completely no-sells him. Yeah, it's great. Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. You didn't kill anybody with that big knife you usually kill people with. Did you change because you were afraid of being typecasted as just a big knife killer? (laughs) 
like you said, though, he did interview him as if he was an actual guest on the show. Like yeah, it was a legit, I mean, this was, a legit Arsenio interview. Arsenio was the only one, the late night circuit, then or now, that would have really been game to do this bit the way it needed to be done. Yeah. He uh, followed through completely. I just, I just can't say enough good things about Arsenio Hall. <laughs> yeah, he totally, like, he's like talking about like can you set up the clip as if like jason's on like the interview circuit just promoting his film like he's an actual person it's so perfect (laughs) arsenio was so smooth about it yeah i mean like he didn't condescend to the material he didn't look at the audience to say i don't want to be here right he played it straight and it was amazing so i really wasn't into friday 13th movies until i was in my 20s Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I'd only ever seen just tiny bits of them on cable. Mm-hmm. Watching that show on that hot summer night back then, that was like my first true look at Jason Voorhees. Really? Yeah. And until then, I didn't really understand that there was any sort of black humor to those movies. So wait, you didn't get that it was like a bit tongue in cheek until you saw him on Right, Arsenio. and like suddenly, like after spending my whole childhood imagining these brutal movies just being so non-stop mean-spirited mm-hmm. arsenio and jason taught me that there was a little love underneath the <laughs> surface um i'd like to thank you for coming by it's a pleasure jason ladies and gentlemen number two My first Jason entry, Matt, Mm -hmm. this one is all about a song from Weird Al Yankovic. Really? Yeah, it's called Nature Trail to Hell. Ah, yes. Nature (laughs) Trail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I told you, I wasn't going to be much help on a few of these. Well, I know, and I don't blame you, but this one is, I can't say it's obscure because if you're a Weird Al fan... You definitely know this track, but one of Weird Al's tracks from February of 1984, there's no actual connection to Friday the 13th with this one, but the song definitely shares a lot in common with Friday the 13th Part 3, because there's that underlying inspiration, not only in the lyrics, but in the song he talks about there's a killer at summer camp, and he mentions 3D. So there's there has to be a connection there. That's, because there's just way too many coincidences. Too, yeah, especially because it was the early 80s. Yeah. It was like recorded in 83. The movie came out in 82. Uh, he talks about a homicidal maniac who finds a Cub Scout troop in the woods and he, he's slashing them up. So. Right. Plus, like, I'll be honest, I did listen to it earlier. And if you strip out the vocals, you could kind of just drop it into any of the early Friday the 13th movies and it'd feel... Like it fits. And it's one of those tracks that doesn't get brought up nearly enough, so I wanted to bring it up here on the show. And because it, it rocks, you know, it's not one of those, it's not like boring and it's not too like funny. You know what I mean? Not, oh, no, not, it's not, definitely like a creepy song that you could put on your spooky playlist and not have it feel like 
uh, you know, some kind of like chicken farm lullaby <laughs> song. Yeah, it's not too jokey or anything like that, but it definitely gets stuck in your head. And what gets me every time is there's like this soulful delivery of the chorus that really puts the song over the top, you know? Mm -hmm. They poke fun at the idea of how they do a lot of sequels in these, uh, whether it's Friday the 13th or... Yeah, Friday the 13th was on a one-a-year schedule at that point. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to drop some trivia on you, and that's... There's a back-masking message on the song, so if you play the song backwards... There's a message, and you hear Weird Al say, Satan eats cheese whiz. Are you lying? Yeah, no, I swear. It's It's been documented. Hold on, I'm going to look through yeah, and see you, if you're, you can you're, play you're it such back. a fucking liar. I'm Satan not, eats cheese. I, uh -oh, I, I got the autofill. Let me, yeah. let me listen to this. <laughs> oh, holy shit. That's baked in that regular song? Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, now I understand why there's that weird instrumental in the middle. It sounds like a fucking Fisher-Price violin, and it goes on for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> but, so, like, it gets even better. So there's backmasking on it, which is, like, totally tied into one of my favorite horror movies, Trick or Treat, Rock's Chosen Mort, oh, Sammy Kerf. But, uh... <laughs> but anyway, so let me just say that the record was produced by Rick Derringer. And in the immortal words of Jesse the Body Ventura, Derringer should have stayed buried with rock and roll hoochie coo. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's the guy who sang Demolition's theme song. Oh my God. Theme Here song. comes the axe and the smasher and Weird Al and Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Is this not the greatest <laughs> song oh, ever? Oh man, now that's a twist. I know. Oh. Number three. Jason is back. Three times before. Sorry, you changed your mind? You have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Because Friday, April 13th, will be Jason's unlucky day. So this next thing isn't really a memory. It's more just a observation. I love observation. Yeah. For any listeners who have never embraced the Friday the 13th movies, one of the major draws of them is getting to see what Jason looks like under the mask. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because uh, I don't think non-fans would have any reason to know that he always looks different. In every single movie, there's sort of like a different Jason. <laughs> totally. He's, and it's so erratic. Yeah, it's erratic and it's also radical. Like, he's never even really remotely the same way twice. Right. In part two, he had a full head of hair and just kind of looked like an inbred farmer. He did. In part three, he looked like a steroid version of sloth. Yes, and yes. By, by the time you got to like part seven, he looked like a, a dinosaur, practically. <laughs> so it's worth watching the whole series once just to see what Jason looks like from film to film. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that because there's times when certain instances let me down. Oh, that's part of the fun because it's like playing Russian roulette. Some of <laughs> them like, are great. Like part four is great. Part three is great. Part eight, I don't know about part eight. 
you have to put yourself in the position of being a kid when these movies came out, because when you're a kid and you're, you're going to school and you're talking to your friends and like, Hey, I saw Friday the 13th part six last night. You know, I stayed up late, blah, blah, What's blah. What's the first question you're going to be asked? What did you're, Jason look like? Yeah. But don't you remember saying, Hey, I've seen Jason without his mask on. You know, there's kids who maybe weren't lucky enough to watch those movies when we were kids. So it's like, you were lucky to see him without a mask. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was. That's, it was like some people got the NAS Advantage controllers and some people peeked a look at Jason without the mask. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was definitely a big deal. And the fact that he did look different each time, that was kind of confusing, you know? It was as if they tried to make them seem like they maybe organically evolved. Like, well, there if you was... go from three to four, there's a definite connection between those masks. Well, you know what, though? Actually, when you go from the first film okay and you go at the end when he jumps out of the water right, right? which is only now, technically jason right i mean if you take that and you go and you tie it to like part four there's similarities yeah you know but so then it, it, what, it what seems... do you make a part two because part two he just looks like yeah part two is uh that's a wild card yeah you know? and then like part six he's a zombie and part seven he's the dinosaur and part eight he's like a mummy i tend not to think about part eight too much (laughs) or part nine (laughs) um question for you yeah if you had to pick one of jason's unmasked looks yeah which one is the absolute best oh man well wait what you said with the mask off yeah with the mask well i don't know his mask looks the same pretty much every movie so well no it does change a little bit i was gonna say that's like you know the the changes are just there so the really really hardcore fans can just feel so much more important than the rest of us for not knowing where the little red arrow stickers go (laughs) or the blue arrow like that you can't (laughs) call that a part four mask (laughs) so i really like when he looks like a grilled mushroom you know, in part seven. Part se- wow. Part yeah. seven getting the love. No, part six, but part seven. Because I think... Those no, no, are you my- don't get... <laughs> the question wasn't which two. I wouldn't be able to choose. It would be like six and seven. Are, six would, grosses it, me out, so it's automatically off the list. He's got bugs in his face. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's out. And mine would be part four. In part four, he definitely looks like when Jason popped out of the water, but like 30 years later. Yeah, and filled with all kinds of like wounds and battle damage. Yeah. To me, that one is definitely the scariest of them. Like, he just looks like such a monster. Number four. Hi, dude. What are we doing here? Camp Crystal Lake supposedly haunted by a machete-wielding spook named Jason Voorhees. Okay, my next Jason entry is about an episode of Robot Chicken on Adult Swim from June 2005, and it was Scooby-Doo meets Jason Voorhees. (laughs) Yes, I have seen this one. So, like, I waited my whole life. I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan, but, like, I waited my whole life to see something like this, and I love those types of scenarios where you see scooby-doo like when they used to do the scooby-doo movies and he'd meet batman or right, right. the Harlem, harlem globetrotters yeah that was de- like very big deal when those yes. episodes came on absolutely so this was something that even though it was a comedy and very tongue-in-cheek it was like the closest i'll ever get to seeing this happen so the whole scooby gang goes to crystal lake 
what's really memorable about it is that they wind up being hunted by Jason and, you know, hilarity and gore ensues and the camp counselors are Don Knotts and Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller. I love that they picked Phyllis Diller. Because both of them were on the Scooby-Doo movies back in the day. I know. But still, like, it's a reference that (laughs) nobody (laughs) in their their target audience would know. No idea. But, like, so they use their actual voices, and and that was uh, Don Knotts' final TV appearance, doing that voice. And Phyllis Diller was actually the voice, which was really cool. So the rest of the cast was the cast of the Scooby-Doo live-action movies. So really? Yeah. They, got the, they got that cast? Because some of those jokes, like, man, they're pretty, uh, pretty rough. Yeah, raunchy jokes. They yeah. had, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr. And, of course, because Seth Green is friends with all of them, so it was probably easy for him to uh, get those guys. But Scooby was actually played by Dave Coulier. Is that something that Dave Coulier does often? I don't know, but... I thought you were going to say cut it out, you know? <laughs> no, but mainly I was impressed that you could pronounce his last name because like every other kid in America, I'd read that and go, Coulier? 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 I love how I watched the skit again earlier and I love how they have the shrine to Jason's dead mother like they have in part two. And it's so accurate. It is. So it's like if nothing else, even if like you think the jokes are whatever. Yeah. It was obviously produced by loving hands i was just gonna say the same thing they used a lot of care but there's a couple of really good jokes like you said there's a couple of pretty raunchy jokes but then i think we can end this with one of the lines that shaggy has we should make like hockey sticks and get the puck out of here Jason Voorhees really is. <gasps> Old man Phillips? But why? Spanish doubloons worth hundreds of dollars are sitting at the bottom of the lake. Number five. You let him drown. You never paid any attention. What you did to him. Look what you did to him. <laughs> Way back in 2005, I went to my first horror convention, Monster Mania in New Jersey. Ah, very good. Yeah, so me and my friends, we had no idea what we were in for. We just really went as a lark. We probably didn't expect to stay more than two hours, but we ended up staying the whole weekend. Mm. Just nothing like the atmosphere at a horror convention, Jay. I know, I feel you. Yeah, you and me, we still go to them, and I have no interest in meeting people or doing anything i just like being there yeah it's a great atmosphere yeah it's like that weird death metal rock and roll satanic panic (laughs) kind of vibe you just don't find it anywhere else you're right it's the only place where we fit in (laughs) pretty much like you can't i can't even go to like a a, the street corner deli without feeling like an asshole (laughs) back then it was such a novelty that we just couldn't keep ourselves from getting a few autographs and this is when you could do that for like 20 bucks. It wasn't like now where you had to pay $8,000 and then oh pay another 8000 yeah. for a photo. So I decided that my big target was the late, great Betsy Palmer, ah. who, of course, played Pamela Voorhees in the original Friday the 13th. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd already seen her at the convention do a Q&A, and mm-hmm. she was so charming and honest. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever like seen her in action, but she knew how to like read a room and deliver exactly what it wanted. Well, no, I've never actually met her up close. Oh, you didn't met her in person. She no, she was like but... a, you know before she died. Of course, she was a pretty regular guest. Yeah. So we're on day two in the autograph room, and I spot her, and I know it's time to make my move because I need this autograph. Uh huh. Fortunately, I had come to that decision after downing about like half a bottle of absinthe. <laughs> and I mean, like the strong and pretty real. Like we had this stuff imported from the UK. Oh my god! Like, and I don't know if you've ever been drunk on absinthe, but it's not the same as like a regular drunk. It's like no, you're on speed and Joker's laughing gas. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It is. It's a different type of feeling. Yeah. So it was under those confines that I walked up to Mrs. Palmer. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't remember exactly <laughs> what I said to her, but I took literally over 75 pictures, and I think maybe three of them are in focus. The rest, oh like, there, there's pictures of her feet or my feet, like, the top <laughs> of her head, and then there's, like, a couple of, like, Elvira over her shoulder. And I'm, like, thinking back, this woman, like, I basically made a flip book out of her while she was signing my <laughs> Pamela Voorhees doll. <laughs> I have my hood up, I'm sweating, I'm wearing sunglasses, I'm drunk off my ass, and she is still the sweetest motherfucking woman you could hope to meet. <laughs> did you say anything, or did you just, like, say, hi, how are you? I don't remember if I said anything. I know I handed her the doll, of course. Yeah. And I, maybe I muttered, mind if I take your picture, and then I was off. You should have said, hi, mom. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> mom. <laughs> Do you have these photos still? Yeah, I mean, there's one on my old site, but that's one of the rare ones that was in focus. Yeah, I remember reading about this, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I recall. It, it was a bad it. scene. Like, I mean, granted, like there are a fair amount of drunk people at that convention. Yeah. But it was like a combination of my outfit where I'm like hiding my face and wearing sunglasses, thinking that it makes me look less drunk. <laughs> And absinthe think, though, is one like, of those liquors that you carry around, so it's like you basically walk in a room and everyone's like, who's who's using mouthwash? <laughs> well, even if you're not a drinker or if you're not on some type of chemicals at one of those things, it, it, you really mix in, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like yeah, everybody, you don't stick out like a sore thumb when you're at Monster Mania. Right, but I just felt so bad the next day that I had met Betsy Palmer that way. You didn't squander it, though. You have a, a flip book. To, to I have show a flip book of photos and a signed Pamela Voorhees doll. That's that's amazing yeah, right there. I think, I think it came out ahead. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Number six. Other award shows have honored the careers of such luminaries as Orson Welles, Jimmy Stewart, and Katharine Hepburn, people who have dedicated their lives to filmmaking and inspired generations to follow in their footsteps. Big deal. The MTV Lifetime Achievement Award honors the underappreciated careers of people like this next performer, a gentleman who has had a tremendous impact on the cinematic art form. So this next one is all about when Jason won an MTV Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. I oh, do. Yeah. I do. Um, 
one of these MTV, um, uh, I don't know if it was the music, movie awards. I think it was the movie awards. One of those. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I was huge into MTV, my, like uh, almost until I would say I was like maybe 15 or so. Right. And then I kind of dropped off. But when it was like really about the videos, I was big into it. So I would watch all the award shows. Right. In 1992, when they did this um, award for Jason, I couldn't believe it. I was like, they're really doing this. this they're is... really doing it. And, you know, it was always a tie-in to promote one of the movies or whatnot. But So anyway, they showed clips. It was like a montage of all Jason's kills and stuff. And But it was done in like a dramatic way to right. Sinead Connors. Nothing compares to yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. I can't, like, just seeing Jason's death scene things yeah. with nothing compares to you. Yeah, and then it ends with Frank Sinatra's "My Way." It was <laughs> it was like so over the top and tongue in cheek, but it was done so well, and it really got you going. Like that was actually really good, and it was of, a good video. And they didn't like uh, skimp on the time; like they, they went on for like a minute and a half. Totally. And in 1992, Jason had been around for what, like at least 12 years at that point, right? Some so said he was past his prime, but he's winning awards at MTV. Shows. Exactly. He was still super relevant. So yeah. you see a guy come out of the audience wearing a suit and a Jason mask. And you're like, is that is that actually Jason? Or what's going to happen? Is this a joke? You know, you don't really know. <laughs> Jason goes up and he starts accepting the award and giving a speech. And you hear the voice and you're like, hmm, that actually sounds familiar. But you couldn't put your finger on it. And then right away you realized, even <laughs> before they said it, it was John Lovitz. Uh, where do I start? Uh, the, uh, the Friday thing, it's been uh, it's been good to me over the years. Uh, we did uh, eight and all, and although I know the award is for all eight, uh, I'd be lying if I said they were all solid films, but... Uh... <laughs> we have to talk about this, because I love the bit, because it's so cheesy. Oh, but yeah. I also think it's maybe fair to say that it kind of bombed. Oh, it's, uh, totally. It's, uh, but, I mean, looking back, to me, it's actually really funny. Well, I mean, I'm listening to it, and the audience is 80% crickets the whole way through. So, yeah, it was it was going over their head completely. Yeah, and it seems like at the very end, they were prompted to start like laughing and cheering, because it's like out of nowhere over some line, they just all join in at once. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. But I feel like if they would have done it, like, and it was Jason, like they did on Arsenio, tying back to the Arsenio story, it would have been, like, way more boring, and, like, no, he comes well, out and takes the award, and that's it. Well, like, here's what, my thing. My, my point is that maybe what seemed like a misfire in 1992, watching it now, when it's such a train wreck, is so great. When the producers of that uh, event, they were like, what comedian could we get to take the mantle of Jason Voorhees and do, like, a comedic acceptance right. speech? It could have been Bobcat Goldthwait. That would have worked. But, no, they picked John Lovitz. It was fantastic. John Lovitz. Yeah. And he was, like, yeah, like, I think Dennis Miller hosted that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's, like, yep. totally goofing on him at the end. Like, oh, can you believe it came to this for you? Yeah, like, hmm, who could we get? John Lovitz. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the last guy you would think of. But that's why it worked. And. Yeah, I remember watching it live, and I really thought they were going to actually bring Jason out. So, <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, too, like back then, those MTV award shows were a huge deal. Very big Like deal. It was like a, everybody watched them. Yeah, so they used to for get Jason big... to get that much attention, that was a you know, big thumbs up for him. 
yeah, they used to get really big uh, viewers, a lot of viewers on those shows. So it was kind of cool to see that. And I remember that was the reason why I watched it that year, you know? Right. <laughs> so the best thing about that whole scene for me yeah. was when they cut to the shots of Arnold Schwarzenegger and he <laughs> is like so happy and cracking the fuck up like this is the funny like genuinely the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life like he is i've never i have never not once whether while playing a part or in your interview seen him as happy and excited as he was in this audience watching john lovitz do a jason Voorhees bit it brought him a lot of joy are things that bad john <clears throat> they're real bad okay <laughs> Number seven. There's no need to fear the number 13 any longer because Paramount is slashing prices on 13 scary motion picture hits. At only $19.95 each, no one will be able to resist the sharp savings on some of their worst fears. Okay, you big hunk of a man, come and get me! Everyone's just dying for Jason. And now his latest stab at terror has been slashed to just $19.95. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Plus, customers can scream again and again with the entire Friday the 13th Never Say Die collection. The Friday 13th movies were big money makers in theaters, but they also did very big business on home video. Yes. That was not at all thanks to me. Like, I grew up flirting with horror movies and being, like, fascinated by those sections in the video stores. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I was a very late bloomer as a serious fan. I only rented Friday, one Friday the 13th movie in all of my life, and it was Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> it was huge. It was huge. It was, uh, as I don't know if we've touched on this yet, but Jason Takes Manhattan was a total false title. He only took Manhattan for, like, 10 seconds. Right. I'm guessing this was 1990, maybe 91. I was I saying think it was 89. Wasn't no, no, the movie oh, on was video. Uh, yeah, on video. yeah, you know, right, right. You know, they had to hold that shit back, let it make its theater money first. <laughs> yes. So this is like 90, maybe 91. I'm at my sister's house for the weekend, and uh -huh. we went to Blockbuster, and I had permission to rent whatever the hell I wanted because it was easier to pay for fucking videos than figure out something that I would actually agree to do. <laughs> and I don't know what compelled me to rent Jason Takes Manhattan. All I can think of now is that it had to be that fucking interview with Arsenio. <laughs> so this is all connecting tonight. Uh, so that compelled you to get it. I mean, it's like, it. I don't know. Wilds, I had never watched any of them in full. I had no real interest in them. My threshold for horror was like Child's Play 2. So I don't know where this came from. But I did rent it and I was all like kind of excited. Yeah. I'm like thinking, all right, this is it. I'm going to, I'm really, I'm jumping to the big time. It's my first movie rental that actually felt kind of adult. But you, you saw them before, or this was no, your first time? I had I never seen, seen any okay. of them. I told, I was very late bloomer with this stuff. So right, right. this was going to be the first time that I actually watched the whole Friday 13th movie the whole way through wow. and on purpose. So right. I'm thinking, okay, how bad can it be? He's going to take Manhattan. He, he's yeah. friends with Arsenio. He's going to be fine. <laughs> Within five minutes, they have that fucking harpoon kill where he yanks out the guy's intestines. Oh, yeah. Like, which is not only the gnarliest kill in that movie, it's kind of like the gnarliest in the whole series. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, so I stopped, <laughs> and I ejected it, and I just moved the fuck on. That's uh, it. I didn't watch anything else. You didn't even finish it? No fucking way. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still glad that I got to say that I rented one Friday 13th movie before all the video stores uh, went on fire. 
I can't believe you didn't even finish it. Well, I mean, I mean, then, I, listen, if you have a, like, I can handle a lot in a horror movie, but when you mess with the intestines, like, I don't want to fucking see intestines. Do not show me intestines. Don't even use the word. <laughs> that sounds like don't mess with Texas. Don't, don't mess, mess with, with Texas. Don't show me the intestines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't mess with the intestines. That's funny. No, but I mean, your entry into Friday the 13th lore was not the best version of, you know, it wasn't the no, best I can't, one. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a mistake in, in retrospect to pick Jason Takes Manhattan as my introduction to the series. Although, when that movie came out, and even when it hit video and the commercials that were on TV, they made it so much more enticing than it really was. And for us, especially living in this area, I'm like my radar was even on back when I was a kid because I'm like, oh, my God, if he goes to New York, we get to see the Statue of Liberty. And, yeah. you know, you know, we didn't it wasn't on that scale. And yeah, it was. I mean, the trailers, they were writing the check. I mean, it was a pretty big one. It was like a yeah. publisher's clearinghouse thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we should have realized that something was amiss when they wouldn't commit to a 30-second TV spot. All of them were, like, 10 seconds or 15 seconds because that was literally the amount of footage that was good. Yes. (laughs) Or New York-centric in any way. It was so disappointing to me when I realized, like, you know, most of it was on the ship and the majority of it had nothing to do with New York at all. Right. But at the same time, like, I have really softened on that movie. I actually love it now. Oh, no, it's enjoyable to watch. Don't get me wrong. But when you really look at it from the perspective of what it could have been, I think. Well, I mean, it's like, I I guess the joke was on us for even thinking that they would ever have the budget. Not only Friday 13th, but Friday 13th part fucking eight. That they're really going to spend the money to shoot the whole (laughs) thing in Times Square. Yeah, they well, and and at that point with horror films, they were trying to do low budget and then maximize profits. Look, there was a reason know? we spent so much of Ghostbusters two in fucking Janos's uh, art studio. <laughs> it's, it's expensive Janos. to be out on those streets. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not from Jason. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have had Janos in Jason Takes Manhattan, that would have put it like right there where Number it should have been. Number one, baby. But I will say that Jason Takes Manhattan isn't all bad because you have Tamara who has her biology project on her body. And... I knew before you even like got <laughs> half a syllable through the sentence where you were going. <laughs> it was like the hot female version of Slim Goodbody, but in black panties, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she had a pretty uh, gnarly death in it, if I recall correctly. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if nothing else, the movie was pretty violent. It was. It was definitely violent, and it, it took it to the next level with the kills and everything like that. But, but I just yeah. love, like, it's so they had maybe, maybe 20 seconds in Times Square where it's actually <laughs> New York, and then for the rest of the scenes that have to be in Manhattan, yeah, like, it's just, it's the same, like, back lot that they would have yeah. used for the Ninja Turtles movie. It, it totally is, and it, the way they did the lighting and stuff, they're like, well, how are back alleys... Uh, how do they look in New York? Oh, well, they have like a little bit of blue light here. Right. It looks like the side here. of an arcade cabinet for like Double Dragon. <laughs> That's what New York looks like to them. Yeah. In 19- Giant rats, a bunch of yeah. old milk crates and brick. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. New York has a new problem. Rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Number eight. Screw you, Paul. Ah! 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 
surprisingly, Matt, this next entry for me is about one of my biggest crushes of all time. Really? Yeah. I'm surprising you, aren't oh, I? Oh, boy. <laughs> so this is about me falling in love with Judy Aronson, who is in Friday the 13th Part 4. Yeah. She plays Samantha. So... So just but, off the bat, before you even dive in, I'm surprised because she was obviously crush-worthy. But right. if you were going to name a crush from part four, I would have sworn you'd take the Doublemint twins. Well, I mean, you know, twins are, are great. Well, they, uh, they're the ones that get to parade around that movie like they're sex goddesses. Right, right. No, absolutely. And, you know, with all the horror franchises, you do kind of get spoiled because there's an obvious trend with the casting where they're always looking for cute kind of maybe mid-20s girls. So in this situation, though, with Friday the 13th, it's like every installment, you fall in love with every girl that's in it. So in this particular instance, it became this really big lifelong crush to me because Judy Aronson went on to... Uh, have other fame in movies like Weird Science. And, yeah, the, and you love Weird Science. So that, love, that was probably even bigger for you. Yeah, it was a huge movie for me. Um, but I did see this first. I saw it when I was real young. You know, I, I technically probably shouldn't have been watching these movies, but I was allowed to. So you know, I took the opportunity. So that's why yeah, I, I could totally of, picture like dad. Just you want a beer with that? And... <laughs> you want a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> So this is like a memorable scene because Samantha goes out because she's pissed because the guy that she likes, Paul, is philandering with another girl. Right and in front of her. Who yeah, does like, that? Paul, Paul, are you serious, bro? He, he turns his hat and starts dancing with another woman. I know, like right in front of Samantha. Samantha. So, so thankfully... Uh, it worked in our favor because that spurred her on to go outside into the moonlit woods by the lake where there's all fog and spookiness. And she, you know, just decides to drop trout in the middle of the woods and like, I'm going to go skinny dipping. And then she jumps into a raft in the pond in the lake. And obviously her ult she meets her ultimate demise because Jason shoves a machete up the raft and it goes through her stomach. And yeah. she has a huge memorable death scene where her eyes go crossed and all that but so <laughs> who, who takes off all the clothes to go in a dirty lake though yeah i know and it was clearly all muddy and it's stuff it's like oh jeez. yeah you see her feet going through and there's all like mud kicking yeah, up like you're gonna have get a staph infection yeah like even if it was on like a back lot set it was still disgusting <laughs> yeah oh god i mean like she actually had to do that too yeah totally but i th i'm really thankful to that schmuck paul for you know kind of <laughs> snubbing paul yeah, well, he got his. Yeah, he totally got his. He, he got a giant, I don't know if it was like a spear up his crotchal region. I actually don't remember his death. Well, he really got screwed. You know, he got his comeuppance, yeah. as it were. So where the story is going is the fact that I would always kind of uh, mention her in articles, and I mentioned her in my Halloween specials and stuff like that. And then I started talking to her on Twitter when she joined Twitter, and she would always get back to me. She was such a great kind of personality where she never was like ignoring me you right. know we, i mean and to to ignore someone with the name sexy armpit handle on twitter it's very easy to do you know yeah <laughs> was, she was being a sport 
she eventually did a an appearance at a Chiller Theater convention, which you were talking about Monster Mania. Chiller Theater was more like that was my event because I used to do that when I was a kid. And it was I didn't even know what Monster Mania was. I don't even think it existed when I first went to Chiller Theater. And um, eventually she showed up there with Suzanne Snyder, who was in Weird Science with her. And they did the photo op with me. So it was both girls from Weird Science. So you have this photo of you with them? Yeah, I have it on my Instagram. But when I went up to the table to meet Judy Aronson, I didn't even say anything. She's like, hey, it's Sexy Armpit. I know you. Holy and I'm shit, like, really? Yeah my, yeah, my heart dropped. I melted, you know, and I couldn't believe it because we talked so much on Twitter that she totally remembered me. And she gave me a hug and everything. I was on cloud nine for the rest of the night. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was just a really cool story just because she's so nice. Also, I I was looking up her picture and she looks like she's still in her 20s. Yeah, she hasn't changed much at all. She's real into like fitness and yoga and stuff. But I like when not to say she's a giant celebrity, but I mean, she's in movies that we grew up watching. And I think it's cool that she's not dismissive or she doesn't she doesn't hate the movies that she was in or She's not embarrassed by it or anything. But, you know, even perhaps more than the movies, she was literally, I was looking it up earlier, she was on every sitcom ever made. Oh, my God, totally. Mr. Belvedere, Growing Pain, Sister Kate, Charles in Charge, and Full House. Yes. Like, so everybody knows her from something. And Sledgehammer. And, of course, Sledgehammer. (laughs) But, yeah, totally. Got to give it up for Judy Aronson. I know you're only giving it up for her so you can send her a link after we post this and say, hey, Judy, it's been a long time. (laughs) Just like you might want to hear this. I wish I was the uh, raft. Yeah. This this whole ten minutes has been a pyramid scheme. Yes. So I could get a, a, a hug at the next event. Yeah. You're all patsies. <laughs> Number nine. Friday the 13th, part three in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, part three in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. I'd like to use this section to send a special shout out to the awesome 3D effects in Friday the 13th, part three. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's appropriate. So for those who don't know, part three was a 3D movie, but more specifically, a classically 80s 3D movie where they totally like shoehorn in all of these ridiculous scenes and shots just to make the most of the 3D technology. But just, I mean, to interrupt you, like the 80s had a lot of 3D stuff that they were doing in the early 80s, but they brought that back because that was like a big 50s thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, this was like a, this was like sort of the 3D renaissance. Yes, yes. So like if someone was about to swing a baseball bat, he just pointed at the camera for 10 seconds for no reason at all. <laughs> and then like everyone else would just freeze as if this wasn't weird. <laughs> It was very cheesy in certain points. Yeah, yeah, but once you got past the, like the more ridiculous shots, like the guy with the yo-yo and all that shit. Yeah, there were some money 3D effects in there. You had the harpoon. Yes. You had Jason reaching out at you with the big monkey paws, <laughs> and then you had the big one. You know which one I'm talking about. What's the big one? Something even better than the shark crashing through the aquarium glass in Jaws 3. <laughs> Jaws 3. <laughs> I am talking about the eye pop. 
Oh, the, of course. Yeah. The iPop. The iPop. The old yeah. iPop. <laughs> so Jason grabs this dude by the head and literally forces his eyeball out of his head by squeezing yes. it so hard. Oh, my God. And I, I, I say that you're thinking like a, you know, Saw movie level effect. But no, no. this is like they just cut to what's obviously a fake prop head with a fake prop eye. Yep. And the sound effect when the eye comes out of the head <laughs> sounds like you're trying to slam a metal draw. It's like, it's just perfect. <laughs> that was huge. That, that, no doubt about it. No, but I you... mean, it was, it was basically the shot in the movie. It was the Yoda fight scene from Attack of the Clones in Friday the 13th form. I agree, 100%. You're, you're watching this movie with these these cheap little paper glasses on. You're like, when are they going to do it? When are they going to give me the one thing that makes sitting here like this worth it? I think the greatest aspect of Friday the 13th Part 3 3D is the opening credits. Oh, God, fuck, fuck, yeah. Fuck, They're yeah. amazing. Oh, They're amazing. Oh, oh, boy. You know, I didn't want to go off on a completely different <laughs> tangent, but you're bringing up those, those oh. opening credits we have to talk about so much. I mean, if we're going to fall in love with anything in that movie, it's the red font with the smoke in the background and that music playing. Oh, it's so perfect. And that song is so incredible. Oh, my God. It's like if there's an opening credit sequence, like, yeah, Superman, the movie had great opening credits. But this is the absolute greatest, I think, almost of all time. Like, tell me you don't just like put that on all the time. Oh, it's so good. It's mm. so to me, it's like the pinnacle of everything. Number 10. Look, Shelly, you're my roommate, and I like you. Most of the time. But you gotta quit doing those things. Now, I got your date, didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah. So don't embarrass me. Just relax. Be yourself. Would you be yourself if you look like this? I'm calling this next one. Zerner and me, perfect together. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're not calling it. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm down with it. Okay, so, <laughs> but anyway, this story dates back to October 2010, and I used to write posts where I would talk about um, New Jersey references in, like, movies and horror movies right, and stuff right. like that, and there was a post on Friday the 13th, part three, we're staying with that theme, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a scene where Shelly throws the wallet in the convenience store, and there's like a wallet that comes directly to your eyes, you know? Oh, God, yeah, I totally, I totally yeah. remember that. So, of course, I'm always looking out for the the New Jersey tie-in. Right. You know? Because as a quick aside, Crystal Lake was originally in Jersey. They filmed it, the original one, in Jersey, whereas the... Lake, Lake uh, Chupacabra, what the fuck is it? Camp Nobibosco. Nobibosco. Yeah, we went, we talked about that on yeah. one of the episodes where we went there. So the sequels weren't filmed in Jersey, but they, there's so many hints in the sequels where they're trying to say that it's still set in Jersey. Right. So in the convenience store, there's a big sign by the cash register 
and it says Green Valley, New Jersey, which isn't an actual place in Jersey, but you know, it was a clue to say, hey, we're still setting this movie. That's how they that's how they established their location. One random sign in a throwaway yeah. scene in a deli. Exactly. So, so those little Mission things accomplished. That, yeah, those little things that used to really like excite me. I'd I'd look for little clues like the license plates and yep. stuff like that. So I wrote a, a post on it and I mentioned Shelly and and stuff like that. And now wait, so, now Shelly just for, for those who don't know is sort of like yeah. the geeky guy in this movie. Yeah. He's like an aspiring actor and you could tell he probably loved horror movies and he was the, he's the one that you kind of relate to cuz he's kind of like a jokester and yeah. whatnot. He kind of had the same hair as Bob Ross too. Yeah, it was very Bob Rossian. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't think a thing of it cuz I feel like at that time like nobody's reading about me talking about a sign a Jersey sign in Friday the 13th part. Yeah, three. I would imagine there's a limited audience for that sort of content. <laughs> Exactly. Which is like my entire website. So anyway, I get an email literally the same day that it posts. Really? From none other than Larry Zerner. Larry Zerner? Yeah, who played Shelly in the movie. What is he? Was he just trolling online looking for any reference to him? Yeah. So he wrote me this email. (laughs) And to me, that that was a huge success. Oh, totally. I mean, fucking like he's... In the top five characters from all the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> yeah, but to be able to say like that I just wrote this dumb throwaway post and he got back to me uh, with this awesome email. And, and I have the email. Okay, I don't know so if you can you read me, me an excerpt? Yeah. yeah, I'll read you an excerpt. So he says, uh, Jay, as you might imagine, I've seen Friday the 13th 3D more times than I'd like to admit. And even though I was the one throwing the wallet, I never noticed that T-shirt hanging on the wall. When I mentioned that T-shirt, that's, you know, it said right. the Green Valley on it. So he says, what might be a little more surprising to you is that even though the first two movies were filmed back east, part three was filmed entirely in Southern California. And then he goes on and on. But he said that um, that was an interesting catch. I didn't think that I could learn new things about the movie, but still do. Uh, so meaning like, you know, it, it was kind of like I kind of made fun of him in the article. But like, yeah, but he was, he's got a funny character. So I'm sure he gets it. Yeah, he gets it. And it was nice that he he gave me props for you know for pointing it out. That's so really, awesome. Yeah, and then what a he, nice man. But I said, how the hell did you find it? And he wrote me a whole reply. But anyway, I asked him. I was like, so a lot of these sites at the time were having like quotes from celebrities and stuff like that. So I said, would you mind giving me a quote? Did you so get he, a testimonial from Shelly from Friday Thirteen? I, I did, and he says he said reading the sexual armpit makes me feel so much better than having my hockey mask stolen. <laughs> Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing! And yes, yeah. for those who don't know, it's Shelley's fault that Jason wears a hockey mask. Exactly, that's his yeah. legacy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's my Larry Zerner Shelley Friday the Thirteenth Part Three story. Oh, that's that's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's funny because if I ever interact with any sort of celebrity, I'm always happier about the ones from like these movies. Oh yeah, because they're just I don't know, they're just always so much cooler. Yeah, they're like appreciative and happy that you even acknowledge them. You know, what's interesting about this, too, is that he's an entertainment lawyer now. And he has that in common with, um, I don't know if you remember in Goonies, the guy Chunk. Chunk is actually a lawyer as well. And like these guys went on to become way more successful than they were even in the 80s with right, these right. little bit parts that they had. I wonder what the connection is between like young actor and entertainment lawyer. Yeah, like funny funny character and now entertainment lawyers. By day, but by night. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, seriously though, if I was gonna have somebody from Friday Thirteenth interact with me, he would be high up on the list of which one. No joke. Absolutely, absolutely. Good guy. So, yeah, Larry Zerner. Larry Zerner. Shelly, what are you doing in there? Why aren't you down at the lake with everybody else? Oh, they said they were going skinny dipping, and uh, I'm not skinny enough. Number eleven. Halloween's coming. What are you going to do about it? Whether you do a little or a lot, be an original this Halloween and find yourself at Hallmark. Hallmark has a way. As established on this show, I really didn't grow up watching the Friday 13th movie. It was, it was really more of a in my 20s kind of thing. But I often dressed as Jason for Halloween anyway. Because <laughs> everybody fucking did. Yeah. I mean, throughout the 80s and 90s, Jason-style hockey masks, they were the most ubiquitous of all Halloween costume accessories, even more than face paint, even more than vampire fangs. Oh, yeah, it was the go-to. Yeah, the absolute go-to. And the the goat. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now I'm not talking about the like screen-accurate, extra-nice masks with the weathered paint and all that. No, I mean no. the shitty bare bones plastic ones. That's the one that I got in my hand, right? Of course. Now. <laughs> like the ones you found at CVS the night before Halloween when yeah. literally every other costume was sold out. Yeah. It was like either you were gonna be Jason or half of Peter Pan. <laughs> so the thing about the Jason mask is that like that was all you had to do. You just put the mask on, put wear your regular clothes, and that was it. You had a costume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So whenever I think of the Halloweens of childhood, it's always just an endless sea of cheap hockey masks and mcboo pals <laughs> yeah. for as many times as i threw a jason mask on to go like trick-or-treating i remember for some reason it wasn't that popular though in my school like horror and and stuff like that it was not mainstream at all like for as popular as it was my friends were just not into stuff like that for some reason i think I was the horror kid, you know, and I, I wasn't one and neither were my friends. But when it came to Halloween, it was just Jason and that look and that mask. It just transcended the movies. You didn't everyone had an idea of Jason because of those Halloween masks. Yeah. I don't know what you used to do with yours. But for me, the best thing was to use it as a start point and then just mix in all other completely disparate elements. <laughs> like you'd have the Jason mask and the Freddy glove and the voodoo skull necklace and like a Dracula cape. Like the best of all worlds. Like literally whatever was left on October 30th at CVS. And you, you, you come out looking like the Halloween version of the Super Scroll. <laughs> so you were like, you're just like, let me, let me mix it up. Yeah, it was year. like basically yeah. a house of cards, but the mask was the foundation. Like you couldn't do it unless you had the hockey mask on because you look so ridiculous otherwise. That just tied it all together. Tied the room together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the charming thing to me is that you still see the same exact masks at pharmacies and department stores every Halloween season. Like the, most of them haven't changed at all. Yeah, no, they're exactly the same. Yeah. And you, 99 cents, done. I, I know I always had a problem with the real cheapy ones because sometimes they would be like too flat and you had yeah, to like, they were like, you have to like, yeah, they made your face look super fat and you had to bend them, you know? Right. Like they were basically shaped like plates. Yeah. <laughs> So you could eat out of them, but you couldn't fucking wear them. Well, that's just so everybody knows now if they need a quick, easy Halloween costume, they can get a paper plate and cut it out and, you know, get a string. Yeah. They can make their own. It's no worse than what you're going to find at Dollar Tree. Yeah. 
what always got me as I got older, you know, you go to spirit Halloween stores or wherever you're at. And there's always the sexy Jason costume. So it's like a girl and she'll put uh, a, ho- a Jason hockey mask on. And all of a sudden you throw on a jersey, a hockey jersey. And that you has... don't wear pants and then you're done. I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, like, no, I look as a concept. I, obviously, woman wants to wear a sexy costume. That's that's great. But if you were going to, would this really be the one? What gets me is that you're putting on the the Jason hockey mask. You're putting on a hockey jersey, which it has just, no bearing on anything. It's, it's actually contrary to the point. Yeah, he doesn't play hockey. Yeah, you're not going as fucking Mike Myers in Wayne's World. Yeah, the worst part is that it usually has Jason's mask on the jersey with two machetes. He would like- never be so self promotional. <laughs> And then you got to wear the tall go-go boots. Like, well, what this is what is I'm saying, that? though. Is like, if you are actually, like, if you feel like you look good and you're confident enough to wear something so revealing, would it really be this? Would it really be the Jason hockey jersey? Yeah, I mean, and I know we're talking about... If I'm going to about... go out without pants on, I want a really cool costume, not that. Yeah, exactly. But, like, we're talking about Jason, and I know that. But when you're talking about those costumes, and you look at Jason and Freddy, the sexy Freddy or whatnot, the sexy Chucky, by all accounts, is always the best one to go to. Well, it's the only one that makes sense because it actually looks like clothing. It does. It's like you're not not misappropriating sports equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Freddy doesn't care. Like, if you think Jason's bad, Freddy hockey jersey? What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, he wears so a hockey you're a mask. What? So he's a hockey you're, you're a, I'm a sexy Freddy. You're a what? You're a Freddy Krueger hockey player? No, I'm a sexy Freddy. <laughs> Freddy has a baseball jersey, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's better. Number 12. For my last entry, it's about a mysterious face in the French Friday the 13th Part 5 poster. Oh, are you really going to do Are you really going to bring this up? Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, this is um it's one of those things that I want to make it known right off the bat that this is not Anything that I've ever read about, no one's ever told me about it. This is something I stumbled on myself, 100%, okay? You did it all by yourself. (laughs) I've never, anyone I've talked to, no one ever knew what I was talking about. So Mm -hmm. that's, just want to get that out. And part five, I'll get this out as well. Part five is an installment that I've always, like, abhorred. I hated it so much. But over the years, it really grew on me. That's because because you had the girl who looked like the younger sister from family ties doing a robot dance <laughs> that's exactly what i, I know I, mean, I know you <laughs> but no i always felt let down because the real jason isn't in the film well he kind of is in a way but to follow part four is almost impossible but it, it, it's fun for what <laughs> they and i think they agreed because they hardly even tried <laughs> i love but, the movie too but let's let's be real about what it was yeah I have a I have a little bit of a soft spot for it nowadays. But anyway, so like I said, this is something I found. The French Friday the 13th, a new <laughs> beginning poster. Okay. All right. So first, before you even go any further, yeah. what rabbit hole leads you to this 
foreign <laughs> Friday 13th Part 5 poster. Okay, so I often like to run random Google image searches for foreign horror movie posters, okay? And that's one of the things that kind of led me to this. A few years back, uh, had to be three or four years ago, found a Friday the 13th Part 5 poster that caught my eye. I had never seen it before because obviously it wasn't the one that was in the theater. Right. But it, it was one that I, I really thought was so cool looking. And I made it full screen, and I started staring at it like it was one of those magic eye posters that uh, were so popular in the 90s. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I felt, I felt like Willem in Mallrats when he was like trying to stare at the sailboat. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, I realized after I stared at it, and like I, I don't know how it happened, but just I could, I could wager a few guesses. <laughs> but like literally out of nowhere... I was looking at this poster and I saw half of Freddy Krueger's face in the poster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I swear to God. Right. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like, am I losing my mind or is this for real? And then I started asking other people if they saw it. You know, I had asked you, I asked one of our other friends. And I, I, I remember this experiment. Okay. I remember when you asked <laughs> if we saw Freddy in that poster. Yeah. I, from what I recall, could not find him no matter how long I stared. <laughs> That's true. You weren't able to find him at all. <laughs> I don't know if I was stoned or just being contrarian out of spite, but <laughs> I definitely did not see Freddy Krueger in that foreign Friday 13th Part 5 poster, nor would I see any reason why I would. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I wasn't, like, intentionally looking for that because who the hell would look for Freddy in an old poster before Freddy actually met Jason in Freddy versus Jason. This is years and years before. I, I would assume this type of person who Googles random foreign <laughs> Friday 13th part five posters and gets himself in a position to stare at them to begin with. Uh, all right. So, all right, so I look, okay. Maybe the first time it didn't go so well, maybe I'll see what you're seeing now. You're, you're going to give it another link, shot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's, 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 let's see how this goes. I just sent you the link. All okay. right. Jason Hante Tujos nos memorias. Vendredi 13. Okay, so what I see in this poster, it's mostly black and it has sort of like a red frame in the middle. Yes. In is half of Jason's mask and the yeah, the, the left, lead guy is in the right, like a silhouette. Yeah, the, the left side is, is half of Jason's mask. The right side is the guy with right. the machete with, that has blood on it. Right. And from my vantage point, that's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you have to, you got to give it some time. Okay. Well, you know, just, you got to. All right. Let me see if I can <laughs> even remotely guess at what you're talking about. Okay. So now the outline of the guy. Yes. The, the white parts. Uh huh. The white parts form the side of his face. Now, this is more of a new nightmare ish. More demonic Freddy Krueger. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll settle for any Freddy Krueger. <laughs> but it's only half of his face. It's like sort of like that vibe. It's almost like that Beatles album where you only see like half of their faces sort of because it's all black in the back. I just don't see any of it. I just don't know what you're looking at. Picture it being dark. His face is shadowed. Okay. Okay. His right arm is his nose. All right, let me look at this again. All right, I see I see what you're trying to go for. So let me see if I can see it too, then. Okay. Um... And then 
the upper left arm is like where the outline around his bones around his eye. This is compelling podcasting right now. Um, well, I'll find the right music. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really think you're nuts about this. <laughs> I really just think you're crazy. Jason Hante Toujours Nos Memories. Like memoirs. You have to admit that even if you can see this, yes. it's pretty hard to see. I don't think it is because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that might sound cliche in today's day and age, but it's true. I, 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 I don't argue with that second point. It's the first point. It's actually seeing it all that I have some issues with. <laughs> I guarantee you, if I can put this out on social media, everyone's going to see it. Well, we're going to we're definitely going to put that to the test when the show goes live. And I will be vindicated because there is not a drop of anything in this poster. That are you could saying, possibly be construed. You, you're saying there's not even a fraction of Freddy? There is not even the smallest <laughs> fraction of Freddy in this foreign Friday the 13th poster. There's no freaking Freddy, huh? No freaking Freddy in part five. All right. Well, I beg to differ. All right. Well, we'll see what the, the public says. Let's pretend for a second that that is true. And what I'm seeing maybe even was say intentional on the artist's part let's just say that on the, right, on the, so i'll play along let's just assume whoever whoever designed that poster could you imagine if they had that in mind because you and i both know and on all the friday the 13th and freddy fans know that freddy and jason were to meet up a lot earlier than they did in freddy versus jason they've been talking about that forever yeah but i so, don't think it was quite scheduled for part five which i'll remind you starred dudley from different strokes <laughs> I know that, but what I'm saying is it could have been like a, what is it, a foreshadowing? There's certainly some shadowing. <laughs> I see a lot of shadowing I on Freddy's face. You know what I see? I see, I see almost nothing but shadows. <laughs> I, see, I know, there's a it's lot of It's almost as if there's, there's no way for them to form because there's nothing else but them. <laughs> I also see Mars in the poster too, so that's a whole other story. <laughs> To me, it looks more like a seahorse on a toothpick. <laughs> seahorse on it. Okay. I can see that as well. Yep. Well. Friday 13th, part 5, foreign poster. Andretti 13. <laughs> Una, Una novella tenor. So I feel like tonight's show has been as long as 10 Friday the 13th films. <laughs> it does feel that way. What time is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. But I, I have to say, though, I mean, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, though. I, I feel like I was easily more entertaining than Jason on Arsenio Hall show. Um, no, <laughs> maybe maybe the, you're more entertaining than the Lovitz bitch for sure. But yeah, yeah, but that's... let's let's not go crazy. Let's okay, leave yeah. Arsenio alone. I don't want to oversell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do our thing. We definitely do. And since I went first, I'll pick first. All right. Cool. All right. So you had uh, Shelly emailing you. Yes. Judy, acknowledging Judy. your crush. Yes. <laughs> Weird Al. Robot Chicken. Yep. And the like MTV Achievement Award. Yeah, John Lovitz. And of course, the, what was it, French Friday 13th Part 5 poster? <laughs> yes. Uh, on principle, I cannot pick that one. 
Okay. I am going to go Larry Z. Larry Zerner? Yeah, Larry Z. I love him too. I wish he had emailed me, even though I haven't I haven't actually said anything about him ever. <laughs> but no, uh I love that he's a nice guy because it actually comes through in the movie. It does. Like, you know, these were low budget films. These actors weren't often given much to go on. So the ones that stood out, especially in the early movies, it's because they had uh, good humor and charisma to them. Yeah, you you definitely root for a guy like him. And and I feel like they put characters like him in those movies because they're like us. They're very much like all of us. Not right. necessarily looks-wise or whatever, but like we feel like the underdog guy. Well, in my case, looks-wise too. But the point <laughs> no. is that you know when they do these sort of roles, it's very sink or swim. Like You, you could very easily hate a character that's written the way Shelley was written. Yeah. But that Larry Z, he acted almost as well as he typed emails. <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh man well so moving on we got betsy palmer at monster mania under the influence of absinthe uh-huh. <laughs> the uh jason halloween costumes the 3d effects in friday the 13th part three mm-hmm. we had uh renting jason takes manhattan mm-hmm. the different looks of jason Voorhees. Yes, and Jason on Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that is tough. It isn't, I... though. It's just that you don't want to go the easy answer. Well, okay, so the costume, Halloween costumes, I just can't go with it only because it's not as monumental as some of the other ones you have here. So, like, you know, the 3D effects in Part 3 is a high contender for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Many Faces of Jason, super high contender right now. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to go with the obvious choice, Jason Arsenio. <laughs> yep, of course. How can you not? It wouldn't matter what my other things I talked about, no matter what topic we were talking about. If I bring up Arsenio, that's an auto-buy. I guess I didn't see the importance of it at first, but now it's really hitting me, knowing how that should really be something that is. it goes into history books, uh, social, social studies classes in, in seventh grade. And you're not joking. Yeah. This is no undersell, because for people our age, maybe a little bit younger, that was sort of the real introduction to yeah. horror. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to see more of that, you know? I mean, if it was up to me... More of Arsenio, I'm down. I mean, we got guys nowadays, you got guys like Jimmy Fallon. There's no reason why Sammy Kerr can't go on that show. (laughs) Well, there's a few. (laughs) But there's no reason why Jason Voorhees can't. That's true. Jason Voorhees, you can even get get Bagul or Samara (laughs) from Rings. (laughs) No, not no. Let's just stick with Jason. Yeah, let's stick with Jason. (laughs) Well, it's been a pretty stellar purple stuff podcast been a very long one if nothing else Uh, and i do hope that some friday 13th newbies are inspired to give the series a shot look nobody uh, i'm not i'm sure jay isn't going to tell you that they are the best horror movies ever made they definitely aren't but they're a lot of fun and they're kind of like the mcdonald's of the genre yeah, you know, you can hold off on Friday the 13th, the series. You could save that for Well, after. except for the intro, because it's pretty cool. The intro is great. But yeah. I mean, if it's you, like, you really like want to... It's around in Grandpa's house. <laughs> well, it's been a great show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Jay from The Sexy Armpit. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. And we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.